we're looking tonight at Satan opposes God's righteousness. When we were talking about this morning, righteousness, breastplate of righteousness. When we do right, when we act right, when we live right, when we do what God wants us to do, Satan is always against that. He's always against us doing right according to God's word and God's way. So we go to 1 John chapter 3 tonight. As the Bible talks about, John talks about here, he says, Dear children, it's talking to us as Christians. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. We need to watch who we're listening to, watch who we're watching, uh, be careful of who's uh, talking to us and things we read, things we see, and so he, because we can easily be led astray. And so he says, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he, talking about God, is righteous. So when he says to lead you astray, when we have to wait, make sure that nobody's, nobody's leading us astray, what does it mean by that? Lead us to wander. Uh, have you ever just wandered around? You know, sometimes you go into a store and you just wander. Now, typically I don't. If I'm supposed to go get milk and orange juice, I go in the store and I get milk and orange juice and I go check out and I leave. Now, some people, amen. <laughs> but some people go to a store and they look at this and they look at that and, you know, we just kind of wander around. Or maybe we go out in the yard or we go somewhere and just walk around and we'll wander. Well, spiritually we can do the same thing. And so he's saying, don't let anyone lead you to wander, wander away from the truth. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody lead you in the wrong way or lead you from the truth. And so he says, be careful. Don't let anybody do this to you. But he says, he who does what is right. Who does what is right simply means committed to practice doing what is acceptable to God. Whatever we find in God's word that is acceptable to him to do, we need to be doing that, whatever that is, and committed to it. Not just say, well, I'll start doing that next Friday. Or I'll do that, uh, you know, a couple of times a week. It, it's commitment. It's committed to doing what is right, practicing what is right, doing what God requires, correct thinking, correct feeling, correct acting according to God's way and God's will. And so we're just simply saying, what does God say? Okay, what is he saying to me? And I'm going to do that. I'm going to be committed to doing what God wants me to do. And I'm going to practice it every single day, not just every now and then, not just once in a while, but all the time. So he says, when we do what is right, then we want to do the righteous thing. We're, we're going to be righteous. If we're righteous, we're simply approved by God and we're accepted by God. The only way we're going to be accepted by God is through being born again, through being saved, through coming into his kingdom and living life his way with integrity, being upright living according to God's requirements. So to be, to be declared righteous, it's real simple. Just live like Jesus. And how do we know how Jesus lived? Well, we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if nothing else, and say, oh, Jesus did this and Jesus did that. That's how he lived. That's what he said. And so when we begin to do that, we begin to become righteous because we're doing it his way and not our way. And to be acceptable to God means to live like Jesus. So going on to verse 8 then, John chapter th uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he who does what is sinful is of the devil. So he shows the opposite of verse 7. Verse 7 says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he, meaning Jesus, is righteous. But then verse 8, the opposite of that, he who does what is sinful, they're of the devil. devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. We find where that happens in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, don't we? Satan's been sinning since the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 
when he's talking about uh, doing what is sinful, uh, when we do what is sinful, we're of the devil, simply a continual practice of living contrary to the will of God. Just saying, God, what do you want me to do? Okay, there's what I need to do, according to what you want. But when I live contrary to that, opposite of that, not doing what God wants me to do, then I'm doing what is sinful. So many times we try to measure sin, don't we? Well, what they did was a whole lot worse than what I did. So they're a much worse sinner than me. But when God looks at sin, He just sees sin as sin. Doesn't say it's rank them. You know, we try to rank sin sometimes. That's the worst sin you could ever commit. That's second worst, third, fourth, fifth. And we try to rank them down here. And God says, sin is just disobedience to me, period. Not a matter of big, little, small, uh, tall or shorter or anything. He just says, we practice living contrary to the will of God, the ways of God. We're doing what is sinful. It means missing the mark. So all sin, regardless of how big or small, whatever we call it, is simply Satan's ways. It's satanic. And so it originated with Satan, and that's his continual practice. So to be involved in any kind of sin, any kind of sin, whatever we want to call it, to be involved in any kind of sin is simply to be involved in Satan's activities. Whatever he's up to out in the world is sinful, and if we're involved in whatever he's involved in, then we're participating in whatever's satanic. And so it just goes hand in hand by doing what is wrong, doing what is sinful, we're simply do, doing it Satan's way and not God's way. So we come to verse 9 then. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. And so sometimes people take this and say, hey, I'm born again. I'll never sin again. I'm above sin. Uh, uh, you know, is, some, is how some people, and I, I've dealt with this before. I've talked to people with this before. Verse 9, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin. And we've, I've gone back and forth with people about this. And so what they're simply trying to say is, hey, I'm born again, I'm saved, I will never sin again till the day I die. What he's talking about here is continue to sin, a continual day in and day out sin, meaning this, a continual practice of sinning. Before I got saved, you've heard my testimony. I was involved in a lot of things I didn't need, to be, didn't need to be involved in. I had a very sinful lifestyle. But when I got saved, I stepped out of that lifestyle into the kingdom of God, and everything about my life changed. All the ways, all the habits, all the things I did and didn't do, all changed. Had I continued that lifestyle I had before I was saved, I wouldn't be saved. And so when we say, no one who is born of God will continue to sin meaning no one who is born of God will continue the practice of sinning. Now, every now and then, every once in a while, you will see a Christian commit a sin. Maybe you've seen one before, a Christian commit a sin. Anybody ever seen a Christian commit a sin? Y'all know anybody? You've seen, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And so for those that you've seen a Christian that has sinned before, we have 1 John 1.9. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, and John is speaking to Christians, if we confess our sins, confess simply means, I agree with God, this is sin. What I just did, said, or didn't do, whatever. I agree with God, this is sin. And He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And not only that, he will purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we do sin as a Christian, or people you've seen sin as a Christian, remind that person, look, 
just agree with God what you said, did, or didn't do is a sin and ask God to forgive you, turn from it, and He will purify us. And so many times people will say, well, I, I know better than that. I shouldn't have done that as a Christian, you know, all these kind of things. And then we get, begin to beat ourselves up. Did you ask God to forgive you? Yeah. Did He forgive you? Sure. Why are you beating yourself up? Well, I still feel guilty about what I did. But see, the verse says in John 1.9 that He will forgive us, but also He'll purify us from it. He'll take it from us. Not just the sin itself, but the actual guilt of sin that we've got up here in our head. I shouldn't have done it. I hated it. You know, all this sort of thing. We still feel guilty about it. That's what He's cleansing. That's what He's purifying us from is all this unrighteousness because He's already forgiven us of the sin itself. So He's talking about there in verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. Continue to sin means that continual practice of sinning, a habit of sinning that is committed to a continual sinful lifestyle. So when you see somebody that says, I've come out of the darkness, I've come out of my sinful lifestyle into the kingdom of God, but nothing's changed in my life, well, where did the salvation go? Where is your salvation? What is happening in your life? Because if you're continuing to have this practice of sinning, where's the salvation? Where's the, sin? where's the change in your life? Because Jesus says, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's been born again. If we've been born again, then everything's different because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You're not in that continual lifestyle of sinning you were before you got saved because you're a new person, new creation. And Jesus said, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So Jesus had one sermon. You say, well, what about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where he did all this teaching and did all this healing? And he did a lot of teaching. He did a lot of healing, but he only had one sermon. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He was always calling people to repentance. That was his message then. That's his message today that we call people to repentance. Repentance simply means turn from. I'm walking this way, going this way, towards sin, away from God, away from Jesus. But when I repent, I turn around, I put that behind me, and I start walking toward Jesus. That's repentance. I become that new creation. I am born again. So therefore, that continual sin is gone. So that's why in verse 9 he said, No one who is born of God will continue to sin, have that continual practice of sinning, a habit of sinning, a continual lifestyle of sinning, because why? God's seed remains in him. The Holy Spirit has come to live in us. So now the Holy Spirit begins to teach us. Holy Spirit begins to train us. Holy Spirit begins to disciple us, showing us how to live like Jesus, showing us how to become that Christian that he wants us to be. We've been changed because of the seed that was, is within us. He, us, we cannot go on sinning, cannot continue with this practice of sinning because we've been born of God. We've been born again. And so he's giving us a reason why we don't continue a lifestyle of sin because we cannot go on sinning because God's seed is in us, Holy Spirit, and we've been born again. We've been saved. We've been set free from sin, set free to serve. So it goes on to verse 10 then. This is how we know that who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. How do we know the difference? Anyone who does not do what is right, living righteously, is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And so he's simply saying there's a, a left and a right. There's an in and an out. 
there's, there's saved and unsaved. There's lost and saved. And so it's easy to say that anyone who does not do what is right, living right, righteously, dropping that continual lifestyle of sin, is not a child of God. So when a child of God sins, they simply do this. They conceal their true nature. As a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We've been born again. We've repented of our sins. We've gone from lost to saved, captive to rescued. We're now righteous in declaration by salvation. But Jesus saying, you stand before God justified in salvation. So when we do sin, as we're talking about 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 a while ago, if we, uh, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we do that, when we do sin, here's what we're doing. We're concealing our true nature. So our true nature says we're righteous. Our true nature says we're born again. Our true nature says we're saved. We've been rescued. But when we do sin, we're covering it up. We're concealing our true righteousness. And so the person out in the world looks at us and says, you're a Christian and you just sinned? We just covered up our righteousness. All they see now is the sin. And haven't you heard people, haven't you come across people that says, you know why I don't go to church? Because it's full of hypocrites. Isn't that amazing? That somebody would call us hypocrites? I mean, that's just almost laughable to call us hypocrites, wouldn't it? Because we're not, are we? We're not hypocrites. We're serving God. Yes, there are those occasions, there are those times that we do sin. It happens. I mean, something happens and here we go and, and, and there it is. And somebody sees it and now they count everything we do on that one thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Full of hypocrites. I saw it. I heard it. And there the, there's the excuse then of why they're out there instead of in here. Church full of hypocrites. But we're simply concealing our true nature when we do sin. That's our righteousness. But hold on. When a child of Satan does right, they conceal their true nature too. Their true nature is sinful. But then there's that day they do that right stuff, that good stuff, that kind stuff, that compassionate stuff, that loving stuff. And we think, boy, that person's changed. They're so wonderful. They're so great. And yet they're concealing their true lifestyle. Their true nature is still they're lost. They're still sinful. They just covered it up for that moment by doing something great, wonderful, nice, kind, considerate, and all that. And now we think, wow, they're, they're a great person. And yet in their nature, they're still showing their true nature as being sinful in their day-to-day walk with Satan. So the failure to perform righteous acts and the failure to love cannot be traced back to God. Because he's saying there in verse 10, let's back it up. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And so when we find that we're not loving God, not loving our brother, not performing righteous acts, we're failing to love, that's not God, is it? When we don't do righteous acts and when we don't love other people, God's not in that, is He? Because God's in righteousness. God's in loving other people. One way to finally describe it is in Philippians 4.9. Philippians 4.9, Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, and he's talking to the church at Longstraw too, and he says this, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, Paul is speaking to them and to us, 
whatever you learned from me, whatever I've taught you, whatever you've received from me, whatever you heard from me and heard me say, or seen in me, whatever you witnessed about my lifestyle, he says, here's what you do. Put it into practice. And as you do that, he said, the God of peace will be with you. And so Paul was just saying, if you want to do the right thing, just look at me, look at my lifestyle, look at what I've done, look at what I've said, look at what I have lived, and if you'll just do that, put it into practice, God of peace will be with you. You know, if I don't know how much you watch sports, may not, may not be any, but sports teams, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, or whatever it is, every day before their season begins, you know what they're doing? They're practicing. They're trying to learn how to win the ball game, whether it's football, basketball, whatever it may be. And so they're in a gym or football field or wherever they may be, practicing their sport, practicing their game, see if they can get better every day, so that when they face that opponent, they, they're going to win. They're going to have victory. And so they practice, and they find something that they're not good at. We work on that. We work on that. We work on it some more. And we keep going, going, going until we get it right. And so I wonder if that ought to be the same as Christianity. You know, there's something I'm weak at. There's something I'm not good at. So what do I need to do? I need to practice, and I need to do it over and over and over until I get it right. And so as we look at God's Word, we look at some things maybe we're not real good at. One thing, hmm, anyone who does not love his brother, maybe we look around us sometimes and say, you know, that person over there, I'm not sure how much I love them. In fact, I'm not sure I love them at all. Because, you know, how they act, you know how they do, and, and you know things they've done, and I don't know, maybe... You know, we just struggle with that sometimes. So God, uh, Paul is saying to us, whatever you learn, received, heard from me, or seen in, seen in me, put it into practice. Just do what God wants us to do. Find out what's righteous, what's, God, what's good, what's of God, and say, I'm going to do that, period. I'm just going to be committed to do what God wants me to do. And if it means loving somebody or caring about somebody or whatever it might be that shows us, we say, I'm going to do that. And as we do that, here's what's going to happen. God of peace is going to be with us. As we go in and doing, practicing what we need to practice to do God's righteousness, following Jesus, doing it His way, not our way, God says you're going to have peace to go through whatever you're going through. And so He says just put it into practice. Do the right thing day in and day out. As we do that, be prepared because Satan is going to oppose it. He's going to say, you're acting more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. And Satan's going to say, I don't like that. I'm going to be against that. And so that's why we've got to be dressed for battle. <laughs> because when we do the righteous thing, the right thing, the holy thing, the God thing, Satan's going to say, I've got to do something about this. I can't have that. And watch out for the attack. Be prepared. And that's just another reason, another way we need to look at what Satan's doing to come against us when we do what is right and righteous and holy. So put it into practice. Just do what God wants you to do this week and be dressed for battle because something's coming against you when you do that.